to the Monitor Sports Podcast. Eric Brinson Lovell here with Dan Atori. Uh Dan, we got uh, a little bit of a lighter show today, not because anything bad has happened, mostly just because the weather's been been uh, not very cooperative. Uh, lots of area teams have had their schedules really screwed around because of the first, the extreme heat that we had in the area early last week. And then the rain later in the week and starting off this week as we record on Monday night as it pours outside. But let's start uh, with some football action that took place this past weekend. Last week, we talked about Bo getting off to a slow start. And that continued with a 35-7 loss against Plymouth, the Falcons, a team that made it to the semifinals right in division two last year uh now zero and two to start the year uh falcons trailed this game 28 nothing at halftime so dan i mean we talked last week about how you know you lose 15 seniors it's not easy to replace but it's got to be a little bit concerning now losing back-to-back games especially saturday by a pretty wide margin yeah, I mean, it's certainly not the way you want to start. Um, I mean, Bo's schedule has been has been tough. Sanborn is uh, is is much improved. They have pretty much all of their their skill players back from last year. Uh, Plymouth is always a, a force to be reckoned with. So, um, I mean, that's it. And Guilford Belmont uh, Friday night uh, under the lights and Bo is not going to be an easy matchup for them either. Um, so it has been a tough start. Um, for them in that regard and division two is just much more even this year um, between the teams that are up or uh, up a little bit and the teams that are down um, it's going to be uh, it'll be very tight. So I think you can kind of, you know, throw all those projections out the window. Um, some promising things for Bo, they were tw- uh, trailing 28, nothing at halftime um, and then allowed a touchdown early in the third quarter Um but uh, besides that, an evenly played second half, Gavin McCabe running in a short touchdown uh, later in the third quarter. Um, so played Plymouth even in the second half. Uh, tale of two halves, as Paul Cohen said, head coach Paul Cohen said to uh, uh, quote Charles Dickens. Not really quoting Charles Dickens. It's 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 sort of. I don't know what you'd call that, but but as Charles Dickens said, a tale of two halves. Um, and Bo playing much better in the second. Interesting for Bo, something um, that I, you know, when you look at the stats from these games, um, junior quarterback Brady Lover, a new new starter this year, placing uh, Owen Walton, who graduated last year, uh, three for six passing against Plymouth, um, but thirteen for twenty. Uh, and 115 passing yards against Sanborn in week one. So that is definitely a lot more of a passing game than we are used to seeing from Bo. They're definitely a a very run-heavy team. Um, They've got a lot of great backs, a stable of backs, so some might say um, that that has done very well for them. Um, But definitely uh, looks like uh, are passing the ball more this year, so that should be – pretty interesting especially looking ahead at Friday night's matchup with Guilford Guilford Belmont a team that's also throwing the ball a little bit more um recently so that could be something fun to keep an eye on um so definitely a a, a 
a change, um, but it's still early. It's still week two of nine, so a lot can change between now and then. Um, before we move on to talking about some more games, it was just a really weird weekend um, for high school football. Um, there were a lot of games that were played, a lot of games that were moved. Um, we'll get to another game that took two days to complete. Um, following some of the other media on Twitter, there were games that, I mean, were kicking off at six and finishing off at like 10 o'clock um, just with weather delays and and such. So really just a, a really strange weekend um, for uh, New Hampshire high school football. One area game, which I don't think the, the conclusion has been determined yet. What will happen there? More, more on that in a bit. Um, so I know it was, it was great that, you know, anything got to be played and completed. You don't want to lose a weekend when it's only a nine week season, eight week season in the case of division four. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely not the start that the Falcons wanted. Um, and they will play at home under the lights on Friday against Guilford Belmont, who is now one and one uh, following a 42 to 35 win over Sanborn uh, quarterback, Anakin Underhill throwing three touchdown passes, 13 for 16, 206 yards, all of those touchdown passes to Logan Grant, last year's top receiver in Division Two. He had three touchdown catches, uh, six catches total for 164 receiving yards. Um, Guilford Belmont is a. I think this is going to be a really intriguing matchup, Eric. Guilford Belmont is a lot like Bo in that they they lost a huge class and a lot of key players from last year. Guilford Belmont graduating a lot of seniors. Um, and then uh, player of the year, Isaiah Reese, um, playing for Phillips Exeter Academy. Um, Michael Macchione, arguably one of the best defensive players in the state. He really anchored that line at, at nose tackle. He is at Worcester Academy. Um, so really both Bo and Guilford similar in that they have a lot of um, they have a lot of holes to fill. Anakin Underhill never played quarterback prior to this season. Um, he's, uh, so he stepped into that role and, and, uh, based on the stats looked uh, quite sharp last week. So I think that'll be, um, interesting as both of those teams, I guess you could say rebuilding, um, in a way. So that should be a really good one. Um, so as we've said, not the best year for New Hampshire or for a uh, capital area football, um, not, not the best weekend, but Eric Johnson. Stark 2-0. Don't know the last time that happened, but John Stark's 2-0. Another big win over Hanover, um, one of the, the stronger teams in the western half of the uh western half of the division. Uh General scored three touchdowns in the first half, take a 22-6 lead. Um, quarterback Joey Dykstra ran in another one um in, in the fourth to give a 13 to 14 lead uh, Hanover scored another goal in uh, ran in another touchdown, excuse me, it's been a long day, uh, ran in another touchdown late in the game. Um, but really that was, uh, that was really a two, two possession game um, really until the, the closing seconds when Hanover got, got the last one in. So uh, John Stark 2-0, 2-0 both with wins against formidable um 
opponents, Sauhegan and Pelham are still the two teams to beat in, in the D2 West. Um, but that's a really, really positive sign for John Stark so far. Um, definitely the the highlight of football in our coverage area, at least out of the 11 um, that we cover. Uh, so hopefully we'll be seeing them um, down the road at, at some games. Um, yeah, great, great start by the Generals. Yeah, and another uh, another interesting game coming up for them this week, playing Pelham. Pelham also 2-0. Uh, they haven't the, the first game was a 49-0 win against Manchester West, um, who doesn't look to be a great team. Uh, and then St. Thomas, uh, 14-0 win. St. Thomas, the team that beat Merrimack Valley week one. So, um, you know, uh, Pelham hasn't allowed a point, hasn't allowed any points across the two games. So uh, should be another interesting test for uh, John Stark, as you said, Dan. Really, the the, the lone bright spot in our coverage area among football teams right now. Um, but yeah. still still a long way to go in the season. And and you mentioning the uh, Pelham and St. Thomas score reminds me, there are also a lot of games that were called off in the middle of it. Um, I believe that game uh, only went to maybe halftime or three quarters. There are a lot of games that were called short um, due to whether they played a half or three quarters and, and teams mutually agreed, you know, this is, this is good. We're calling it, um, which makes sense this early on. You don't want to, you know, have players hurt unnecessarily or risk anything happening, especially with the, the with the heat and and the chaotic weather that we've had. Um, so very few games were actually uh, played um, all the way through to completion. Um, the three games we've talked about uh, all uh, were played out in, until the end. Um, but this next one, Eric, this is the one I was referring to when it took two days to complete. So Merrimack Valley loses to Laconia ultimately 15 to four, uh, sorry, 15 to 14. Um, that game was supposed to kick off at, well, it did kick off at 6 PM on Friday. Uh, they played 53 seconds. Weather, uh, forced that one to be delayed. They kicked off again. Oh no, they didn't kick off. They, they, let those 30 uh, 53 seconds play out they resumed play uh saturday night with uh 11 minutes and seven seconds left on the clock in the first quarter um and played that one out so uh, a game that took two days to complete mv leading 14 to 7 Entering the fourth quarter, and Laconia scoring a touchdown and a two-point conversion with 26 seconds left. Laconia also intercepting a long pass from Braden Hussey, the Merrimack Valley quarterback, um, in the closing seconds to secure that victory there. Uh, Cam Chevery, two touchdowns uh, on 88 rushing yards. Um Braden Hussey, Hussey, the quarterback, also rushing for 92 yards as well. Um, so uh, narrow win uh, for Laconia, um, not what, what Envy was hoping for, although after a 20 nothing loss in week one, uh, must have felt good to get some points on the board um, and, and be able to do a little bit more offensively. Uh, elsewhere for our area teams, Pembroke lost to Kennett. 49 to 22. Uh, Hillsborough during Hopkinton with its first win of the season. The Red Hawks beating Hollis Brookline 40 to 16. 
Uh, Kearsarge falling to Fall Mountain, 27 to 6. Um, Franklin losing to Raymond, 46 to 18. That was the uh, opening weekend of Division Four football. Uh, Franklin quarterback Zeke McCoy, 112 passing yards, 50 rush yards. Uh, he's a three-year starter. Um, Franklin without uh, 21, just 21 players on their roster. Uh, so they'll rely heavily on McCoy to uh, do a lot of things for them offensively. So Eric, I don't actually know. This is interesting. Now, I done. This is not something that I was at this game, so I might not have this all right. This is all secondhand information. Um, it sounds like, and I had not seen the score posted anywhere. Um, checking to see if this one eventually did go in the books. Uh, it hasn't, I guess. So, what was happening with Bishop Brady and uh, Winnesquam? Uh, they played most of the game um bishop brady was winning by i think it was about by seven with seven minutes left brady had the ball um and then the game was called uh to uh weather heat um a bu bu bunch of things so the game was called with seven minutes left uh and I don't know if they figured out what's happening with that game yet. I haven't seen a score posted. I haven't seen anything uh, as far as any rescheduling. I have no clue. So it was a heck of a weekend to try to report on what was happening when when a lot of the stuff has not been, uh, I, I guess, hasn't been decided yet. Um, so, uh, and that's a, a big game um, with a lot of, playoff implications potentially uh division four with Summersworth and newport uh definitely the top of the class there um and then you know a couple other teams you know that are not not quite playoff ready so games like this you know really could be the deciding factor in in seeds for the playoffs or who makes it there um and we do not know uh no one has posted anywhere what the score was uh, or or what is happening there. So just a really weird, really weird weekend for football. Uh, the weather this week is not is not good, um, but possibly better this weekend. Um, so hopefully we get a, a full slate of normal football games in um, where they all start and finish in the time allotted and have uh known scores at, at the end of them um yeah eric really weird weekends uh really weird weekends for football not one that necessarily um worked in favor of our area teams we should also mention um not a game that counts in the standings but the uh, conquered crimson tide with a big win in uh rutland vermont conquered went uh out of state for i guess the by week, if you will, um, and Conquer coming away with a 42 to nothing victory uh, against the Rutland Raiders. So uh, not a game that will count in the NHI double standings, I don't think, um, but still really good sign for the Tide. They they moved the ball well. Uh, Ellie Bahuma ran in for, I believe he ran in for four touchdowns, um, which is definitely a good, good showing after a, a kind of lackluster week one. Um, so it must feel good to get everyone back out there. Uh, Concord playing in a Thursday night football game this week. Um, can 
confirmed that is that was not an error on the schedule. They are, in fact, playing on Thursday at Memorial Field, Concord High's home opener. They will be hosting the Salem Blue Devils. Uh, uh, should be a good should be a good matchup, uh, Eric. Nice, nice little Thursday night football for you. Yeah, and uh, my hunch is that's because uh, there's not enough referees and they need to spread out these games so they get enough officials for them. Um, but I would imagine that had something that had something. But, I mean, between the referee shortage, the weather we've had, I mean, I, I mean, I think the thing that, you know, going back to what you were saying about uh, being a challenging weekend, I mean, I, I, it, it's really tough for the players and the coaches when, when we saw this come to fruition really during the, when the pandemic came about and, and, you know, sports started getting back up and running and games were still getting called off because of positive testing and all that stuff. It's really hard when you're investing as much time as these coaches and players are in preparing for a game, practicing, putting all that time and, and energy into it. And then to have it end with seven minutes left and not know two days later, if you actually won and then have to go practice inside today because it's pouring out and all that stuff, like that's not easy. So um, it'll be interesting to see how teams adapt and and if teams can maybe try to use this stuff to their advantage, maybe more team building or other, other intangible things that coaches like to talk about and emphasize with their players. Uh, so that's something to pay attention to as well, but, but certainly not a, an enviable uh, situation for any area teams in the last week. Uh, same was true in the boys' soccer world. Uh, the one game I was actually able to get to that happened last week was Hopkinton against Bishop Brady in Concord. Uh, Hopkinton won that game 2-0. All 80, uh, 80 minutes of that game were played. Um, the Hawks are now 3-1 and one on the season. They also beat Campbell in a range-shortened game on Friday. That game was only 55 minutes. Uh, and, and this is a Hopkinton team that, according to head coach Scott Zipke, maybe isn't exactly where he wants them to be yet, but especially offensively, but defensively, they've been very good. I think they've only allowed three goals in four games now this season. So, uh, or, or, or four goals in four games, something along those lines, they're allowing about one goal per game. Um, so that's been the big area of strength for the Hawks. Uh, Bishop Brady has been dealing with some injuries and that kind of hurt them more so than you would expect on Wednesday because it was so hot at the field. Uh, Hopkinton was able to sub in like six to eight guys off the bench, but because Brady was already playing shorthanded, uh, they did not have that luxury. So guys were getting gassed uh, pretty quickly. And that was one of the reasons why Hopkinton was able to kind of dominate possession uh, in the second half of that game. Um, but Dan, it's been, you know, Hopkinton boys soccer last year was not very good. It seems like they've been able to turn things around this year and should be a, a team that competes for playoff seeding. Yeah, last year was definitely a, an off year for the Hawks, um, which, you know, the, these things kind of go in cycles. I think it's, I mean, it's it's incredible that Hopkinton has, you know, done as, as well as they have when you kind of put your your money ball and soccernomics hat on the fact that a school of Hopkinson size consistently performs as well as they do given how it's one of the smallest division three schools um 
out there one year they were in one cycle they were playing in division four um or they were able to be in division four and they might have petitioned up um they've done very well also note they've they've beaten tough opponents so far so far they've they've beaten bishop brady which is the um the the weakest record that they've faced um so far although it is still early most of these teams haven't played more than three or four games um but Hopkinton's other wins um, against Mascoma, who is three and one, uh, Campbell, which is consistently a, a Final Four um, team, if not a finalist. Campbell's two and one, uh, and Hopkinton's only loss so far has been to defending champions Guilford, um, which has three wins, no losses, and one tie so far. So uh, definitely, Hopkinton has has played good defense against very strong opponents. Um, so that's definitely, that's definitely a good sign. I think if I were a, a coach, I'd, you know, the, the offense will click with time. Um, but you know, that, that defense you want, you want that to be solid, right, right from the start. Um, so definitely a lot of positive signs for the Hopkinson boys soccer team early. And uh, also, in the boys' soccer world, I wanted to mention Cole Brown, who beat Spalding 3-0 on Saturday to improve to 2-1-0. Uh, but again, a relatively light week in our area because of weather postponements. On the girls' soccer side, Concord picked up its first win of the season, beating Hanover 3-1 last Tuesday. The Tide are 1-1-1 so far this year and will play Spalding on Tuesday this week. A bow picked up its first loss of the season against Oyster River in a one nothing game on Saturday, and Pembroke beat Plymouth for the second time already this year, four to one on Thursday. The Spartans are now three two and zero on the season. In field hockey, I was at Bow John Stark, which would have been a very intriguing matchup, but it got suspended <laughs> with three zero one left in the first quarter because of thunder and lightning and then eventually a downpour that game was scoreless when it got suspended it will resume at a later date that to my knowledge has yet to be announced uh Bo will play Hanover on Tuesday weather permitting and John Stark also plays Tuesday at Plymouth um both of those teams have gotten off the good starts this year and uh, when they do eventually resume this game it should be a good indicator of you know, John Stark being the defending champions is Bo kind of playing up to that that level of talent uh, this season. Can the Falcons compete with a team like John Stark for a championship come playoff time? Uh, and also Merrimack Valley beat Derryfield uh, last Tuesday and the Pride are 2-0-1 in Division Two field hockey. In volleyball, uh, we're recording this a few hours after Concord improved to four and oh to start the season they beat nashua south uh at the concord high gymnasium three sets to one uh this was a this was a really evenly matched game dan um concord won the first set 25 20 then nashua south won the second set 25 22 third set nashua south started on a 6-0 run uh, Concord head coach Maria Wimpy called a timeout. Tide proceeded uh, to go from trailing seven to one shortly after that timeout. 
to taking an 8-7 lead and ultimately winning that set 25-18. And then the fourth set, Concord won 26-24. Uh, you have to win by two when it is tied at 24 first to 25 wins in the first four sets. Um, so Maria Wimpy, a 2018 Concord High graduate, played on the volleyball team there, played volleyball at Plymouth State. And Dan seems like she knows what she's doing because uh, Concord's been playing pretty well so far this year. Yeah, that's really awesome to see that, to see the turnarounds with that, with that program. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still early, but uh, especially after the inconsistency um, that, that they've shown to start the year 4-0, um, especially with a new coach, um, is, is really exciting. Um, something I wanted to go back to um, boys soccer for a second. I want to highlight this upcoming game. Hopefully all these games actually happen. Um, but uh, in boys soccer, Lebanon will play at Bo on Friday. Lebanon is 5-0. and Bo is 3-0. and uh, Lebanon uh, were the champions in 2021. Um I believe they uh, knocked out, if my memory serves me correctly, they knocked Bo out of the playoffs in a shootout that year. Um, so Bo has not allowed a goal yet. They're taking on one of the division's top programs. So that'll be a, a really good test um, for the Falcons, who are playing extremely well, and their new head coach, Josh Smith. So uh, that game will be on Friday. Um, so I wanted to highlight that. Um, and then also going back to girls' soccer briefly, Division Twos looking, as usual, a lot of area teams at the top. Um, John Stark, Merrimack Valley, uh, in a three-way tie with Hollis Brookline, all 3-0 and to start the year. Uh, and then both 3-1, and uh, not far behind there. And Pembroke, 3-2, uh, and two, uh, also picking up some big wins recently. So, uh yeah, it's we haven't had many games, um, but the games that we've had uh, largely have have uh, gone the way of the local teams so far. Although not a ton of changes to report on since we last recorded, um, just due to the weather and all the craziness. But uh, hopefully we're uh, we're we're due. We're due for some nice nice fall weather, and and we'll get some more of these uh, games in. Um, the only things I had, Eric, to uh, to add um, from golf and cross country, Concord is uh, in first place in the Division One golf standings. They are ten and zero, um, following uh, another win today. Uh, wins from last week, uh, including a victory over defending champions Exeter, well, definitely one of the powerhouses. So. Uh, Concord's beaten Exeter, um, and they've beaten Bedford so far this year. Um, so very positive signs for the Tide, who are 10-0, first place in Division I. Um, no change in record uh, for Bo and Merrimack Valley at 8-1 and one and 7-2 and two in Division II, respectively, um, and near the top of the standings there. Um, and then cross-country, the Hopkinton girls finished third at the 23-team Bobcat Invitational that was run at Demerit Farm in Lee, New Hampshire over the weekend. Um, really the only notable uh, highlight locally, at least um, in the in the cross country world. But again, a lot of the stuff has just not 
not been run. A lot of cancellations, um, so there isn't as much data there. But yeah, Eric, hoping for uh, some clearer skies and and more seasonally appropriate temperatures and uh, some games uh, actually played uh, this week. So otherwise, there'll be a lot of volleyball, a lot of volleyball, uh, which is not a bad thing, um, but uh, definitely going to be relying more on the indoor sports that will not get canceled um, if this uh, if this weather keeps up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, volleyball is the one safe one that we know is one that will happen, whereas uh, the others, it's kind of up in the air every day trying to check the weather report, check in our emails to see what the NHIA and the schools decide for each game. So that will do it for this episode of the Monitor Sports Podcast. Hoping to get some coaches' interviews going again starting next week. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. But for now, he's Dan Torrey. I'm Eric Winston-Labelle. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.